You're listening to an encore presentation of Compassion Radio's Chasing the Word. Good morning, honey. Good morning. It's time for Chasing the Word on Compassion Radio. This is the way we start the week, and we hope that we would start it well for you, friends. Mm-hmm. As you look at what God has for you this week, and you're thinking already probably about what's coming up, may it be a time for you where you hear God speak to you. And we're going to say some very simple words to you in today's program. Three whole verses. Mm -hmm. But it also happens to be the entire length of this particular psalm we're studying. It happens to be Psalm 133. Mm -hmm. It's one of David's Psalms of Ascent. I did some research on the Psalms of Ascent. Years ago, I did a Bible study with Beth Moore about the Psalms of Ascent. I would highly recommend it because it was very informational, but it was also eye-opening to me. Psalms 120 through 134. It's a group of 15 psalms that are used or were used later in Jewish history for traveling to Jerusalem for some of the festivals that they celebrated throughout the year. And it was also believed that the priests sang these psalms individually on the steps going up into the temple. Mm -hmm. Supposedly there's 15 steps. Each step would have a different psalm. That's why they're not very long. I mean, 119 is very long, but they would just use portions of that. Each step had a different psalm that they would sing or chant as they went up into the temple. And by chant, it was a sing-song thing. Many denominations will still do what they would call chanting, but again, it's not a spoken word, it's a sung word that has a melody to it that repeats itself in the Q&A thing, where Mm -hmm. the leader would sing a phrase and the congregation would respond with a phrase of the next verse. And that's the way they would go through and learn the scripture back Mm -hmm. then. Yeah, it's a great way to learn scripture, actually. And about the Psalms of Ascent, what's the purpose? It's to get you in a mindset. It focuses your mind on where you're going, where you're headed. Some of them are songs that mean very specific things, like times of distress, I sing this song. Times that I'm joyful and I want to praise God, I sing this song. Songs that pray for specific things, like praying for Jerusalem or for patience, acknowledging God's help, songs of repentance. They're all specific in these particular psalms. And they're in the context of the journey, that Mm -hmm. there is an intended destination here. Mm -hmm. And so in contemplating what is it going to be like and how we are going to be prepared for the time we're going to spend at the temple in the holy city, it's important that we prepare our hearts and think through these things and actually pay attention to that so we don't get surprised in a rude way about what's really happening there. It is a way for us to prepare. It is a liturgy of travel. Right. It is the road music for the faithful. It's their mixtape for travel. It is. Well, and as they get closer to Jerusalem, the songs get Mm. intensified as far as repentance, God's sovereign plans for his people seeking that out. And Psalm 133 specifically is about unity of the people. Mm. And so as they're coming into Jerusalem, they're singing this psalm and they're praying for unity as a group of people as they go in to celebrate this festival or spend this time in worship at the temple. Having walked the streets myself years ago, Jerusalem itself is a gathering place. It has approaches from all directions. Those gates have been changed or moved over centuries, but from the west, the north, the south, the east, there was ways to come up to the mountain. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine the faithful coming in for the holy days, they can hear the trumpets in the distance celebrating the parties beginning and the feasts are started. And people are arriving. You can imagine a group from one direction, a group from another, Mm -hmm. singing the songs of ascent and hearing the echoes of each other across the valleys, maybe singing a phrase to one, hearing them echo Mm -hmm. back the phrase to you. This is what happened year after year after year. The faithful would approach for these holy days. 
And these songs became the songbook. Right. This is what the worship leaders would use as they traveled. Right. And as they're climbing up the mountain to Jerusalem, they're ascending to the temple and singing these songs of worship and repentance and unity and joining together and praise. And ascent here is also a metaphorical thing and a spiritual idea. Mm -hmm. It's not just about a physical raising up in altitude but raising ourselves up to where God's holiness resides. And of course, he doesn't literally, physically limit himself to being only present in one place. We understand that theologically and literally, mm-hmm. God has locality. He showed up in Jesus. But we also recognize that we can't really fathom all the places he might be. Right. But in our hearts, we can focus on where he should be, which is within us, bringing us up to where he is. Well, it's kind of like I remember when we traveled years ago with the Continental Singers, and we would prepare for the concert. We would have a little rehearsal before we did the concert as we set up our equipment. There would always be a place that we would look Mm -hmm. when we were supposed to focus our eyes toward heaven or toward God. So we would all be looking in the same direction, unified in our focus. And that's kind of what I see in these Psalms of Ascent. Everyone is focused to a certain direction. They are looking that way. They are unified in their passion toward this place, toward the God that they are specifically going to worship at this place. They have the same effect, too, on their psyche approaching Jerusalem mm-hmm. of us approaching a great city, like going to New York and seeing the World Trade Center going up, you know, 2,000 feet. It's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's there. It is the tallest thing around. Mostly people are coming from small villages where you have maybe one or two stories of huts in your village. And now you're coming up to the great city of Jerusalem where the temple itself is multiple stories tall. It is a big deal. So Mm -hmm. your eyes are fixed because this place is fixed on the horizon, and it is the highest thing to look at. So from miles away, you're seeing your objective, and you're working your way toward it. All of these Psalms of Ascent have that purpose, to prepare the people, but not just for what will happen. It's the preparing of the people while they are going. They are being prepared and are preparing Mm -hmm. as they go. Yeah. It's like the idea of waiting on the Lord. It's not just waiting for him to do something. We get busy about his business so that we are already on his wavelength when the next thing comes. Yeah. So these three verses, let's just read them together and talk about it a bit. Psalm 133 in the Good News Translation. How wonderful it is, how pleasant for God's people to live together in harmony. It is like the precious anointing oil running down from Aaron's head and beard, down to the collar of his robes. It is like the dew on Mount Hermon, falling on the hills of Zion. That is where the Lord has promised his blessing, life that never ends. That is where God has promised. I love that uh, these songs of ascent not just are localized in their intent or in that spot in your heart, but using the entire creation as your canvas to imagine the things that God is doing all around you. And it is quite possible when you're approaching Jerusalem from the right directions that you can see Mount Hermon on a clear day. Mm -hmm. It's 100 miles or more north of there on the other side of Sea of Galilee, but it's like the highest thing in that range. And you and I have both seen it from a couple of different directions in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. I have from Jerusalem. I've also seen it from Lebanon. Mm -hmm. In fact, you did an ascent of a peak within Lebanon as part of your spiritual journey. On your special trip with One Million Thumbprints a few years ago, you got to ascend like that. Mm -hmm. A peak that overlooked across the Great Bekaa Valley at Mount Hermon. Mm -hmm. 
And so you got to experience some of the microclimate being described here. Once you get to a certain elevation, things change. You hit an incline layer where the air becomes more fresh, it's more maritime, and it's more humid, and mm-hmm. all kinds of things. You can ascend through the clouds literally to higher places. Those things you and I have personally got to touch. Yeah. So we can attest to it. These places are phenomenally stunning in their beauty and how they stand out, really. They're not just a place that you see on the horizon amongst many. It's like the thing. Mm-hmm. It holds snows throughout the year. It's amazing to look at. And when Dave is writing these things, you can imagine him coming up even the short distance as a young man from Bethlehem. It's like a seven-mile walk at most. Coming up the ridges and seeing what lies beyond, Mm -hmm. far to the north, where all those other lands of Israel are that he's probably never seen as a young boy. But he remembers seeing those mountains. And then putting in the context of this psalm, Mm -hmm. he wrote the psalm, and they've been singing it ever since. And the dew falling on Mount Hermon and on the hills of Zion is a symbol of just life itself. You know, we see the greenery of it. We see the dew falling. This is what I picture in my Mm -hmm. mind, this beautiful scene of just green hills and, and then the mountains rising up. And it is a very fertile place. I mean, that whole area is just immensely fertile and green and beautiful. That's kind of what David is referring to. It seems almost like it's never going to end. It's Mm. an eternal thing. Eternal spring. Yeah. 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 The dew of Mount Hermon was known because it was so persistent. Like any time of year you go up there, if you camped up on top of the mountain, you would get wet. Right. So you prepare for it. We know that Jesus ascended that mountain with his disciples at times, probably because he wanted to ascend with the Psalms of David himself and go see it for himself in the flesh. There was a sense that there's something special about that provision of the moisture that without even rain happening, like like a miracle, the dew would show up in the morning Mm -hmm. and it would water everything. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the Word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Please take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission. Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Of course, there's nothing normal about our situation, but there's also nothing normal about the kind of faith and power we find in Jesus. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, one 800 868 2478. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Reach out to us whatever way works for you. And now, back to our discussion. There was a sense that there's something special about provision of the moisture that without even rain happening, like, like a miracle, the dew would show up in the morning mm-hmm. and it would water everything. They had no science at the time to tell them this is a condensation coming out of the atmosphere, right. like a cloud forming on the ground. It was miraculous in its appearance. It still is a miracle of geology 
that this happens and mm -hmm. that those streams at the head of Mount Hermon, even in years where there's not much snow, they'll still collect water and they'll still send streams down that have never stopped for thousands of years. Yeah. Well, it's a symbol of God's provision. Yeah. And that provision is absolutely essential. Now, when David says, like the dew on Mount Hermon, he says, like the dew on Mount Hermon, he's saying on the hills of Zion, so around Jerusalem. He's likening the descent and the presence of the holiness of God, the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. watering the soul of this place of Zion, mm -hmm. this holy city. Mm -hmm. Like it feeds the ground and feeds the whole nation from Mount Hermon, how it waters and provides for us that way. We are not parched on the holy mountain of Israel. Mm -hmm. In Zion, God waters our souls. Yeah. That's all wrapped up in that imagery. Well, I think it also pulls together what he's previously said in this psalm. He's talking about unity when he begins this psalm. He's saying how beautiful, how wonderful and pleasant it is when the people of God live together in harmony, yeah. when they dwell in unity. It's like this. It's like this dew falling. It's like the oil being poured on Aaron's head to anoint him for ministry. Yeah. We know that there was a special anointing on Aaron as the first high priest. Yep. And there was this anointing, that this pouring out of oil, holy oil, over Aaron's head. To me, it sounds like it's poured on his head and it begins to just run down. And they're pouring, 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 yep. running down his face, into his beard, down over his collar of his mm. robes. Yep. And then it, it just joins together, you know, in this whole holy, oily mess kind of thing. <laughs> And that's kind of what it means to be in unity. We're all individually poured out. As we join together in ministry, we are unified in that. If we're actually like that oil, yeah. And the dew as well. If we are taken up by the Holy Spirit in his work, I would say in that regard, yeah, we're part of this. We start mingling with each other in ways that like, where do you end and I begin? Mm -hmm. Does it matter? Yeah. Does it matter what you're doing for kingdom versus what I'm doing? Does it matter where we are or how we're doing it? It's just good to be part of it together, it's no matter where we are. Mm -hmm. And if these people are ascending while the Spirit's descending, there's that great reunion that happens at the head of that mountain. They meet. Mm -hmm. And that oil, too, that was poured over there in the heavy anointing of oil happened before he would go into the Holy of Holies for the great sacrifice every year for the sins of the people. Mm -hmm. This was the big deal. And it was a perfumed oil. Mm-hmm. Those robes, even though they'd be cleaned up and freshened before they were stored away until the next time, you can imagine how fragrant mm -hmm. those robes are when they're brought out the next year, right. prepared for the next ascent into the Holy of Holies on behalf of the people. Mm -hmm. And they would perform the whole ritual again. Now imagine them doing this historically as they're going across the desert before they even get to the place where they own Jerusalem now. In the tabernacle in the desert, they would do this. Mm-hmm. All those years, that expensive oil, now imagine whether it was fragrant oils of frankincense and myrrh that were mixed with other things in the desert, or whether it was olives that were juiced and made into oil that was then perfumed. It was not cheap. Right. And imagine right. pouring gallons of it. A gallon of olive oil even now at the supermarket <laughs> is not cheap. You're spending 30 or $40 for a gallon of oil. <laughs> People say, forget that, I'm going canola. Um, <laughs> but for these purposes, they had to be specific things that were set aside and set apart for the purpose. I can't imagine how wealthy that gift would have seemed to the people poured out for God's purposes. Mm -hmm. It would be worth thousands, if not millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And certainly because of its purpose, it was unmatchable. So the anointing, the expectation that God is in this and God is on us and God is going to work through us 
and through us to the world. Mm -hmm. David brings all that together in this image. Yeah. It's a symbol of abundance and of unity, how it's poured out and then it all comes together in this one place, pooling on his clothing, I guess. The closest thing I've seen myself was when you and I stepped into the great cathedral at the top of the mountain in the middle of Kiev, Ukraine, Mm -hmm. just a few years ago. And they were having a worship service, and the choristers were down in the well, which literally is a physical well in the building down low where the reverb was huge. And the sound coming up in the well was intoxicating. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful music. And then the incense started wafting up. Mm-hmm. And no matter which direction you approached the building from, when you stepped up to the door, you suddenly were met with this wall of fragrance you couldn't even quite name. Mm-hmm. We knew that there were certain things in it, like frankincense, but it was such an admixture of interesting herbs and spices, literally, that was powerful. And it was emotional. It actually evoked in you an emotion. Mm-hmm. So I could see that in that little microcosm, that one church on that one hill being like what it was for thousands of Israelites approaching from so many directions to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. When you finally met there, we were all there in one purpose mm-hmm. and for one thing. And you didn't go into the church at that time like that to play a game of cards or something. You were there because of the worship that was to happen there. Everybody approaching Jerusalem was there for that purpose, yeah, too. It's a very sacred journey. Yeah. And joyous. Yeah. So David writes the joy about ascending. He also deals with, in other Psalms of ascent, the things we need to address before we can enter into that solemn joy. This is a very significant placing of this mm. psalm. You know, it's right as they're coming into the city. Yeah. And they're just ascending to the temple steps, basically, and they're about to enter into the temple. And as the priests enter into the holiest place of the temple, you know, ascending the 15 steps, this is right before we get in there. Right before we sing a song of praise, we're asking God for unity. We're describing the kind of unity that we want. We want the kind of unity that oil has, you know, when it's being poured over something. You can't separate it out piece by piece. And the dew, yes, maybe it comes in individual drops, but once it joins together, it forms a very wet space or, you know, maybe even a little stream comes from that. So it's a unity that cannot be torn apart. And it's a unity that comes from above. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's the kind of unity that David is talking about. Not one that we create from our own initiative, or our own striving, mm-hmm. or trying to put away the things that would divide us. We're not fighting our way into peace. We are accepting of God's peace. Mm-hmm. It's Pax Royal. Yeah. He yeah. descends so that he can install and embed a God peace on his people, in his place, about his work. Mm-hmm. What I love about this is that because of Jesus, we now have the promises that that peace can be anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it also grieves me because we know there are so many places, including in our own churches, where there's not peace. Right. There's striving. There's arguing about everything from politics to economics to whatever that seems to thrum in the place that should be filled with nothing but approaching the throne of God. I would appeal to our people, as you think about approaching your body of believers for your next Sunday service, perhaps, or if you're an Adventist on Saturdays, that as you go, that you're thinking about how does God prepare his people for his time with them in his place? And, I don't know, put together a mixtape. Sing your way to the temple. Because I do believe that as we prepare, God hears that worship approaching his temple. He's not unaware. Mm. He's not waiting for you to show up and then come be with you. We find out he's been with us the whole way to the altar. 
Well, and these prayers, I think, are definitely a pleasant aroma mm. to God. Yeah. He senses our hearts being completely open to His leading in these things. When we pray for these things, we pray that we can live in harmony. And I don't mean praying for unity in such a way that Nobody has an opinion. I'm the boss, and so if you're, you know, if we're unified, then you agree with me. That's mm-hmm. not what this is about. This no. is about unity with God. Yes. And if you're unified with God, and if I'm unified with God, then our unity with each other is easier to achieve. Yeah. And whatever might be still in question, God will explain it. Yeah. Yeah, and he'll work through each of us and in each of us to be able to approach each other in the same kind of peace that he gives each one of us. Well, and the non-essentials begin to just fall away. Yeah, they're not important to us anymore. Yeah. And I want that kind of peace where we worship, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When we step in that room, it is not about a thing. It's not about an issue. It's not even about a doctrine, whatever. It's about him. Absolutely. And that's what we have for you at the beginning of this week on Compassion Radio's Chasing the Word. It's been about Psalm 133 today. We'll chase a few more of these psalms of David before we wrap up this series and move on to another book of the Bible. But we sure appreciate your feedback and your input to us too, friends. If there's anything about what you heard today that stirred you to a new thought or a prayer or a question, we'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to drop us a line at info at compassionradio.com or through the website. We have a response form there for you as well. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow for the next Compassion Radio.
Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Of course, there's nothing normal about our situation, but there's also nothing normal about the kind of faith and power we find in Jesus. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Or make your gift through our website, CompassionRadio.com. We need you, friend, so contact us today.